Hello and welcome to the Juan Juan podcast. If you're enjoying the show, consider signing up for the Patreon. There you get ad-free content, early access, exclusive episodes, and monthly supporter hangouts. You can find it at patreon.com slash the Juan on Juan podcast. If you don't like the subscription-based models, there are other ways of supporting the show that are linked in the description. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy this episode. They said it was forbidden. They said it was dangerous. They were right. Introducing the paranoid American homunculus owner's manual. Dive into the arcane, into the hidden corners of the occult. This isn't just a comic. It's a hidden tome of supernatural power. All original artwork illustrating the groundbreaking research of Juan Ayala, one of the only living homunculologists of our time. Learn how to summon your own homunculus, an enigma wrapped in the fabric of reality itself, their power at your fingertips, their existence, your secret. Explore the mysteries of the Aristotelian, the spiritual, the Paracelsian, the Crowleyan homunculus, ancient knowledge lost to time, now unearthed in this forbidden tale. This comic book holds truths not meant for the light of day, knowledge that was buried, feared, and shunned. Are you ready to uncover the hidden, the paranoid American homunculus owner's manual, not for the faint of heart? Available now from Paranoid American. Get your copy at tjojp.com or paranoidamerican.com today. Welcome to the One on One podcast with your host. Juan Ayala. If you can imagine the fool, whether it's from you or from God, the first outpouring of energy that is like the seeking energy, right? Like the first, just the hell with it, I'm going for it. The first spark of void walking, pure energy which is initiation the first time a person follows their their heart everyone's saying no oh, dude you're gonna walk off a cliff you're gonna take your little bag and your doggy with you and you're gonna walk right off the cliff because that ain't how the world works but you don't give a damn how the world works you've lived in the world long enough to realize there's more to than the world so you take the leap of faith that's a way to look at it it's also the first outpouring energy of like this yod force from god you could just say the big bang and then when it goes to the magician the magician is like the programmer like the architect it takes the energy and it goes all right well as above so below i'm going to direct the energy this way or that way so it makes something it's not the person making the things it's just the director of that energy Welcome back to another episode of the Juan on Juan podcast. Your host as always, Juan. Make sure to follow the show on social media at the Juan on Juan podcast, tjojp.com, patreon.com slash the Juan on Juan podcast. All that good stuff. If you're on YouTube, thumbs up, subscribe, share the show. If you're on the RSS feed, do a five-star review. Helps the show out and share with your family and friends. And today joining us is Joe Root from Lighting the Void. We did an episode on his show 
think last week or something like that. And yeah, what's up, Joe? What's happening, man? It's good to be here. Yeah, yeah. In a minute. Yeah, yeah. Can you let people know where they can find you, dude? Right now, uh, you could just find me on fringe.fm. That's the best place to find me. Um, I'm still trying to work out the lighting the void thing. I'm thinking about just switching this whole thing over to just fringe FM. Just be done with it. But fringe.fm is the best place. Awesome. And yeah, why don't you just do, how about lighting the void FM? You don't like that? I like lighting nah. the void. That's a cool name, bro. Really? I think it is. Yeah. I mean, it means something to me for sure. Let's but talk about. Let's talk uh, about the void. Let's talk about the abyss. Let's talk about that. Well, uh, so the whole reason why I did lighting the void was uh, because of all the unanswered questions, all all of my una- unanswered questions, both psychological, emotional, everything. Man, like everything spawned from a crisis of being a number one, being afraid. This is how it starts. You start thinking about death. You start thinking about life after death. Uh, and then you start thinking about being alone the rest of your life. And then after the, those three thoughts just marinate for a while, then the bigger questions, could, at least they came in for me, right? So what's consciousness? What's all this other stuff? Uh, and I started realizing the second that we say, well, this is this or this is that, or we uh, just take on a religion, we start putting boundaries. So the more um, exploring I did consciously, whether it was magic uh, the occult or the out-of-body stuff, the more questions I had. So it became the void. I was actually selling cars at the time, and I was trying to talk to guys on the car lot about this stuff, and they're just like, dude, get away from me. Get away from me, right? So that even felt like a void. Like everything in my life at the time was like a void. And I was like, well, I want to shed some light into this. So I came up with the name Lighting the Void, I mean, basically, I mean, just it's nothing super special. That's how I came up with it. No, no, yeah, like I said, I think it's a it's a cool name, and that that's something, right? Like today, I did an episode, and I did an episode earlier. This is the second podcast of the day, and the the concept of what do you do with all this knowledge came up because sometimes we connect all these dots and right trying to find the answer to whatever it is. To me, it's trying to find the answer of reality itself. And that's why I think I'm so intrigued by alchemy because alchemy, I think, tries to quite literally deconstruct reality itself, right? And understand that. But there's so many unanswered questions, like you said, like what is what is even consciousness? What is even death? Like, right? Like what happens after you pass on to this other realm, if it's another realm and all these religions that they all talk about the same thing. They talk about like this afterlife, this place, this dimension essentially that you're able to go to after, right? Beyond. And I mean, I know a couple of people who have died and some, some will say that they saw, right? The light and they saw their life flash before their eyes but then you have others that just say nothing it was just black it was just darkness it was just a void right like some sort of abyss so is there actually something to it 
Is there actually something more after all of this? And last night I was doing an episode on like megalithic structures in ancient Egypt and ancient South America and all these. I was uh, doing an episode with a, uh, with a friend of mine who's, who's traveled there and he's filmed a bunch of times for his documentary. And I asked him, I said, do you think that these, cause he, he, the way he described these places was that episode will be out before this one. The way he described these places is almost like a place to elevate your consciousness, right? To, to be able, you know, a place where essentially the veil is thinner. And I asked him, I said, okay, that answers one question, maybe the use of these places, but then we have the other question of like, how do they even build these buildings or like the, the, the great pyramid of Giza or, or, you know, have your pick, whatever place over there, especially in South America, you have all these megalithic structures and, and not only that, but the craftsmanship behind the megalithic structure. It's not just the sheer size itself. It's how precise they were able to. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, I was just talking to Jason Quid about that last night, and I thought he's he's found some other stuff too that has that you know like these patterns in the the uh, uh, I guess you could say the structures and the architecture that show that they knew about the tilt of the Earth and they knew about the sun. They knew all this stuff before they started hanging people for saying it, right? Like they knew this stuff a long time ago, and. I think the the reason why we do have a void to begin with is because uh I mean somewhere along the line the the knowledge of initiation the knowledge of alchemy the knowledge of the veil the knowledge of what we truly are got covered up and I'm not I'm not actually saying that we as a people ever figured that out but what I do think is that at one time we were really definitely on to some truths and then it got covered up by religion and it got covered up by you know, the separation of states and just all kinds of nepotism that happened a long time ago. And I mean, we've, we've all went down the line when it comes to history to see, but now we're all kind of waking up and asking the right questions. And it just, I think we're in a good time right now because depending on where we take our intelligence is where we're going to go. I mean, we can, there's people trying to put consciousness into AI, but science still doesn't understand consciousness. So what I mean by void walking is, is you have to do more than just talk about it. You have to actually experiment with your consciousness, whether it be psychedelics or the out-of-body experience or the occult or meditation or something. I mean, just having the knowledge is one thing, but when you have an experience, it changes the game all the way around. So that's where I came up with the phase like void walking while I started calling people void walkers, which are pretty much everybody I know. Like to me, you're a void walker. You don't seem to, uh, you're not beating down people's doors, trying to get them to believe certain things, right? You're just asking questions, trying to figure stuff out, you know? Yeah. And that's not what I'm about. Like I'm not about, that's always so, cause I didn't like it when it would happen to me. Right. Cause I came from that. And when I didn't like it when people would force their beliefs on me. So I'm going to respect somebody else's position. And this is obviously a heavily interview based show 
where I'm going to be talking to people from all walks of life who are, I'm going to be talking to people who are going to believe something. Cause that's something I've learned too. Whatever you believe, whatever your truth, whatever your truth is, is the complete opposite for somebody else, right? Your, your devil is somebody else's God essentially. And I'm not here to judge anybody. I'm not here to debate anybody. I'm not here for it. I'm here to learn from all walks of life and from all perspectives. Cause I think that's where we all get mixed up. I think that as a people, we have the correct pieces of the puzzle, but the puzzle is all jumbled up. Yeah, for sure. Um, this is why I, I stuck. This is exact what you just said is exactly why I gravitated towards hermetics, right? Because it was a pattern of structures that I could see in everything. Like it doesn't, it didn't matter what I was studying, whether it was science or, or, or uh, Egyptian stuff or religious stuff, like these laws stayed the same. And then alchemy kind of showed the process and everything. And then, I started saying, well, look, it doesn't really matter. We, and I talked about this last night with Jason. It doesn't really matter. Like once you're initiated, you know, you're initiated. You don't have to convince anybody else that you're spiritually initiated. Like, you know, something's leading you to find more answers and you are trying to find some more things about yourself. And if we're lucky, we have a few mystical experiences along the way, right? Like I had this out of body experience that I keep trying to, rehash and go through and i've done it and i've helped people get out of bodies who or at least to that stage where they're starting to separate and man that right there should be enough to tell people there's more right in my opinion like thomas campbell the nasa physicist from the monroe institute or or um you know william Buhlman. a lot of people are terrified of exploring the consciousness that's why they talk about it so much it's intriguing it's interesting but when it comes down to actually doing it, they're terrified of it. Even um, I don't, I don't think terrified in like the nightmare on Elm street kind of terrified, but uh, for instance, like Maverick Matthews, when he went on Sam Tripoli's show, uh, he said that he had heard us talking about this stuff on his show and he went and attempted it. And then he had uh, sleep paralysis, right? And then he started to try to separate his body or his etheric body from his physical body, and he became scared. It scared him. So are we really talking about all of this stuff because we're afraid of it deep down? That's the bigger question. And I think that's what, you know, kind of like the void is all about. It's There's nothing more scarier, man, than, than the unknown. Like, if you think about it, that's the scariest thing. Yeah, Maverick is an interesting guy. I've talked to him a few times on the phone, actually. And yeah, me too. The uh, isn't he in Florida now? Right, he's in Lakeland. I yeah, think. he's in Florida. It's been a minute since I've talked to him. Uh, he he's kind of does his own journey type thing, so I let him go. You know, I'm fig- I figure I'll talk to him again eventually. The oldest and strongest emotion of mankind is fear, and the oldest and strongest kind of fear is fear of the unknown. That's H.P. Lovecraft. Yep, and that's it this concept of, right of of there being more than meets the eye obviously i mean there, there's there's got to be and like you know what, what i was saying earlier about all these peoples 
that are that talk about the same and i've been meaning to get into like young more because i think young was approaching the occult from an academic point of view and when i you mentioned something about not being afraid of it if anything i have the utmost respect for it right because i like psychedelics i have the utmost respect for psychedelics because i've partaken of those things and i've been in a place where i was scared so it's like you sure. learn to respect it and some people right some people only learn the hard way but you, you you mentioned earlier about everyone needs to experience should we all be making homunculi together and experimenting <laughs> and <laughs> here we go the homunculus again right um yeah dude i think look because you've done some magic joe you've done some stuff to actually I still do ma- I, I still do magic right but like but there's more to it than just magic right like i figured out that that we can manifest things into our lives practically we can magically right by using our imagination and using the structures and these egregoric energies behind things that we believe in so the archetypal world is the most powerful world it's the most egregorically powerful world it's almost like the trigger point before things come into existence right that includes physical things your story uh, even like down to the weather what happens to us in history everything starts from this archetypal world right and you're if you wanted to talk about young he knew that too he's like okay well this is all like there's these archetypal energies that seem to be kind of like having things play out all the time when the hermeticist got involved with magic and there's a whole history to that they got involved with alchemy and magic they they found this uh glyph like the etzachayim which is the tree of life they have all used it. Egypt's used it. The Jews used it. Uh, the Hermeticists, the Greeks used it. There were Spaniards that used it, rabbis that used it. And they figured out that, okay, there's these four worlds, right? There's this, the world, which they call the world of uh, Atzaluth, which is the archetypal world at the very top. This is where all of the archetypal dense energy is before it comes into existence. And then there's this second world of like Bria, which is the formative world. It's like this watery formative world where things begin to form. And then the, where the cross is in the tree, where Tifereth is, that's the Yetzeratic world, which is pretty much the astral world. Now, this is where this is like the main stage. It's like imagine there's stairs going up to enlightenment and stairs going from enlightenment down to the earth right there in the middle of the stairway is the cross or Tifereth or the operation of the sun or where alchemy happens. And it happens in the Yetzeratic world. It happens in the astral world, right? This is when things become blueprints, right? If I tell you technically, if I tell you, um, I want to invent, uh, I don't know, a chair or something. You have to see that blueprint of that chair in your mind before it comes into existence. And then energetically, we act it out down here on the physical world. Well, through deep meditation, deep study, avoid walking and conscious exploration all the way back to Egypt, people figured out there is a system of consciousness that happens, whether it's ascending, you know, to our higher selves or bringing things down into existence. 
And once you get to that mid-stage or that Christ-like or solar-like energy or the gold of alchemy or whatever you want to call it, once you get there, you're pretty much, you're supposed to have like this star power. You're not supposed to forget who you are. And this is where I'm at with this because if you really look into the alchemist when they did the physical work, they were really doing this work to try to prolong their lives. And the reason why they were trying to prolong their lives is because they understood that the soul can't do this work in one lifetime. It does it over several lifetimes. So if we can extend our energy and extend our life, we might be able to get closer in one lifetime to this like Christ like being, you know, Whoa. it's pretty trippy stuff. Yeah. I never thought about it like that where, yeah. Cause they were trying to produce this elixir of life and right. The, the, because the philosopher's stone could also be a, a substance that he not only does it heal you, but it prolongs your life. And I translated this. I don't know if you've ever heard of Patrick Revere. The, I don't think so. He was the pupil of Eugene Consalia, and Eugene Consalia was the pupil of Falconelli. And I know who Falconelli is, yeah. Yeah, so there's a lineage. There's Falconelli, Eugene, or Eugene, however you want to say it. And then there's this Patrick guy. And I translated this video that was originally in French from French to English. And it was about alchemy. They did a transmutation on camera. Okay, so they took some base metals and then they, at the end of it, got some gold in the crucible. And they show all this on camera, but there, you know, there's a lot of nuggets in that particular video because they talk about this idea of us perhaps being, because some of the earliest alchemists were Gnostics, right? And the whole Gnostic thing, cosmology is you have the divine spark. Therefore you are a sort of entity yourself. You're a God with a little G and you just need to be able to recognize that. And I never really heard that from the alchemical point of view and, and until I stumbled across this particular video, which I can, I can send it to you after. And he goes on and on. They show you the entire alchemical process, collecting the dew and, and mixing them and all the, the vessels and the crucible and the, the furnace and all that. Cause there's two different paths, right? There's various paths of alchemy. There's the dry path. There's the, there's the wet path. Like there's various schools of, of thought as well with alchemy. You have the Paracelsian, you have the Valentinian, you have different paths to essentially like any religion that splits up and produces its own sects of different schools, right? Of, of ideas. Well, these people believe this and these other group and they, they'll fight over the small, yep. the, the small details. But at the end of the day, it's about right for Christianity. It's about essentially believing in God getting saved, et cetera, et cetera. Right. You can fight about that all day long, but yeah. And that's where, that's why the homunculus is so important, Joe, because it was also a vessel for consciousness. And they believe that if they could create this being, they could transfer their consciousness from, from themselves to the being, and then be able to live on essentially to achieve the magnum opus. But I don't know, Joe. I think that at the end of the day, I think that the alchemical gold, the elixir of life, the divine androgen, I think all those things, bro, I think that those were byproducts of the actual juice, which would be the homunculus, because there's something about the book of Genesis. And So wait a minute. 
so you're thinking the homunculus is the is the answer to all of the is the answer to the biggest riddle, the homunculus. So I'm seeing a pattern here. We brought up Young, and I have an episode coming out about this next week at the time of this recording, and it's about alchemy in the Bible and how the Bible, maybe perhaps the first editions, held not not only alchemical secrets within the allegory of the stories, but actual alchemical secrets within the actual text. The first, we're talking about the King James 1611 version. Sure, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like something occulted within that actual text. And there's a reason why these alchemists, this is a German alchemist that wrote 24 lectures on the first verses of Genesis. Okay. Wow. And I'm, I'm, tr- I'm working my way of translating some of these lectures. Okay. 1200, over 1200 pages on the first verses of Genesis. And why were they obsessed with Genesis? Well, because Genesis to the alchemists, they believe that, it held the blueprints to create artificial life, artificial creation. Now, you see this in these plates where they create a miniature world. I, I forgot they call it a Mundus something or other. I forget the name. It's I have it somewhere on my notes, but they essentially create a world, right? Because at the end of the day, what it, a lot of these elites... A lot of these people who are in power, all these, all the, all the greatest, most powerful, most wealthy families, they always want one thing aside from the money, aside from the fame, aside from, they want power. They want to be gods incarnate. Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? So the idea of creating life artificially and being able to encapsulate a soul into that essentially, I think because why focus on creating the goal i think that was a byproduct of trying to create the homunculus because the homunculus it does all that and more joe it'll divinate for you it'll lead you to treasure it'll it'll you, you can then vivisect it or dissect it to use its it's kind of like a golem right like a like a like kind yeah. of like a golem so the go, the golem and the homunculus what they both share in common is that they're artificially created beings and where they defer is that one is a more cybernetic AI only programmed to do one thing, the golem and the homunculus is more versatile. It's ma- he's magical. He is magic because he comes from the art, the great work. Bro, do you do you have a secret homunculus in your house somewhere? You're not you're not showing everybody. No, but you, you can a get there. a homunculus the homunculus owner's manual at tjojp.com and you can learn <laughs> if you do have a homunculus, you can learn to control it. Now, I maybe have, you can have a servitor, right? Like this sort of, you can also create right. homunculus for that. That That's also on right. thought forums and servitors. Yep. Yes. I, I mean, I've used that before to clean up my mind palace a little bit and tidy up and make room for other trinkets in there. I mean, I've used that before. That's, that's you my know, homunculus. Here's the thing, man. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't think like I'm a big Man, my whole life is probably always going to be Western occultism, right? It, it just is. But I think people should have a full-blown out-of-body experience and and witness some of the things in the the realm of Yetzirah in the astral ro- world. What you before... were describing earlier, Joe, was that uh, were you mentioned? Were you describing the Tree of Life? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So there's so the tree of life seems complicated, but there are several systems in one. But the the whole tarot deck was based upon the new tarot decks were based upon the tree of life, right? They're based upon the four worlds and the, and the elements. But I think what I'm saying is, is I think people should have an out of body experience before they start like trying to make golems or servitor. They need to see just how powerful this stuff is because if you're dabbling with a thought form or a servitor, there's a, there's a thing in your head that's like, ah, you know, uh, it may not be real or whatever, but it was fun. We had a good time playing with magic, right? Versus if you go out of body, you have a full blown out of body experience and you meet a shadow figure that shoves you back into your body. Physically, you can feel it just shove you back in your body. Then when you go to do these things, you're going to realize that the psyche and the imagination isn't, just some thing that is in your head it's probably more real than real the only reason why we don't understand that is because we're in the the densest realm you know things cause and effect happen much slower here because we're in a conscious training ground but when you get in that realm they do not they happen instantly so you have to be balanced you have to be you can't give into astonishment you can't give into a sadness you can't give into fear you have to be balanced to move through that realm and do the work in that realm so i see you got a glyph of the tree of life up here the first thing that you learn are the four worlds in the tree of life right so that top triangle up there that's the realm of absolute right so yeah chokma yeah that top triangle at the top from Kether to Bina, yeah, the top, top. So that top little peak is Atsaluth, right? And then as you come down into, as you come down between the top first little square there, that's the formative world of Bria. That's when energies start to form, when energies begin to form. And as you come down into the X, where right where you say the first X where it says Tipereth, the yellow, right? From there all the way down to Yesod and the moon and those four around it is is uh, the realm of Yetzirah. That's the astral realm. That's where magicians do or, or the adepts do all their work. That's where you're supposed to be doing real-like alchemy, right? And then down here at the bottom where you see Malkuth, that's the realm of Asaya, which is the physical world, and uh, that's where things come into uh, manifestation. So it's... It's uh, when you put the glyphs on it, you can see the pentagram. You can see the hexagram in the middle, the pentagram at the bottom. If if you look up these glyphs in magic and they'll show you, OK, the he- the pentagrams, the operation of the moon. This is when you first start reprogramming your consciousness. Right. When you first start understanding that you've been dumbed down and you have to reprogram yourself. That's the operation of the moon. And then as you go higher into the tree in ascension and you get into the Yetzeratic world, which is the stage two of the mysteries, this is the operation of the sun, right? This is when you do alchemy and you learn the operations of the sun or the Christ-like energy. What It's called many different things. And if you, any of us get past that stage, which is basically the story of Christ, which is alchemy, you become a star, right? You ascend into your star body or your astral body when the word astral means star to begin with. 
So all of the stages of the Western mysteries is the moon, the sun, and the stars. This glyph actually shows you uh, how to. It's not. Re- it's it's not um, like it's not the answer to everything. But egregorically, it's something that we created based on our meditations and our void walking to be able to understand the basic parallels of ascension and. I hope you get what I'm saying, like rising to ascension or things coming into manifestation. So you don't, even when you first learn about the Kabbalah, the the last thing you want to do is learn about all of the spheres and what they mean and all of the paths and what they mean. You want to learn about the four worlds from the top down and the bottom up and really get to know them and then start learning about, you know, the elements because there's different stages of the elements. There's primal, primordial, transitional, and then actual earth elements, right? Like when people say earth, or let's actually, let's just say, when the people say fire, they think fire, like Captain Planet. Oh, now no magic because fire is fire. Well, no. In the esoteric world, fire also represents, primarily it represents the absolute world, the world of archetypes. So when you pull the card that shows the king of wands, that's fire, primal fire, of fire it's kind of hard to explain but it represents the king in chokma up there at the top right in the world of the absolute right so it's fire of fire and then the queen of wands would be water of fire so it gets comp that's how that's where it gets complicated but you have to learn about the four world once you understand the four worlds then you're like oh okay well now understand the role of archetypes now understand the role of energy as it becomes to manifest. I understand what the astral realm is all about. And down here on the earth, if you really look at it consciously, it's just a training ground, man. Yeah, those are, and uh, that's a whole different thing you're seeing there. Those are the, um, the Trump's energy, and the Trump's represent the paths between the Sephiroth, right? Which is something that we go through constantly as we go through initiation. We go through this story constantly and we can go any which way we want but all of that is in the tarot everything that you want to learn in the western mysteries is in the tarot that includes alchemy that includes the worlds of the kabbalah but most of the time when you when you get on youtube and you're like well i want to see what my tarot sign's doing today it's always uh just the astrological energy or maybe they might talk about the elements but they'll never tell you where it is on the tree they never do. Mm. And the guys that created that deck that you're showing right there, they created it based on the tree of life. First right, and right, foremost. Right or white, right? This is that? Yeah. First and foremost, it was based on the tree. Yeah. I'm, I'm, you, I don't. So I have tarot decks, but I don't use them for like any divinatory for any divinatory purposes and i'm i'm a little familiar with this particular picture here i've also i've also talked about the tunnels of set so the cliff off which is on the opposite yeah, side the reverse. of this and yeah it can get really complicated really quickly and like i said since i'm not an actual practicing occultist i don't i wouldn't be able to tell you where you know what these places look like or how to get there. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm just, I'll read about it, but I've never actually taken the practice to actually do yeah. it. 
And the tarot is an interesting concept because the it feels like the people who first came up with the you know the I think the earliest decks were the Visconti and some other decks there it was like a combination of a few. It was almost like they wanted wanted to put out these secrets, right? They wanted to put out this knowledge, but how you mentioned at the beginning, for the uninitiated, it means one thing. For the initiate, it means another, right? So it's like this sort of thing. It's like for those who know, they know. And then for those that don't, they're on the outside, right? They're part of the exoteric, whatever's on the outside. And it's interesting because the tarot is almost like this this journey of the spirit type of thing, right? Yeah. It's, it's like suppose how you're saying this alchemical transformation that you're able to go through. And one of my favorite ones is like, right, the, the fool, where every, to, to everyone else, he's a fool, Right. The ones that don't understand him, but he's actually the the wisest of them all. And he's staring. Right. He's staring at the top. He's staring into the into the to the light, I guess. Right. He's he's. Yeah. Well, if if you can imagine the fool, it, whether it's from you or from God, the first outpouring of energy that is like the seeking energy. Right. Like the first just the hell with it. I'm going for it. The first spark of void walking pure energy which is initiation the mm. first time a person follows their their heart everyone's saying oh dude you're gonna walk off a cliff you're gonna take your little bag and your doggy with you and you're gonna walk right off the cliff because that ain't how the world works but you don't give a damn how the world works you've lived in the world long enough to realize there's more to than the world so you take the leap of faith that's a way to look at it. It's also the first outpouring energy of like this yod force from God. You could just say the big bang. And then when it goes to the magician, the magician is like the programmer, like the architect. It takes the energy and it goes, all right, well, as above, so below, I'm going to direct the energy this way or that way. So it makes something. It's not the person making the things. It's just the director of that energy. You know, there's a whole story that goes through those paths too. And that's called path working. When you hear tree of life or Kabbalistic path working, that's what that is, is, is the past. There's 32 paths and those paths correspond with the degrees of Freemasonry too, especially Scottish Rite Freemasonry. The 10 Sephiroth one through 10 is York Rite Freemasonry. The first 10 paths, right? And then 11 through 32 is actually the next 22 paths. Okay, but all 32 are the paths of wisdom are the are the, is this whole Western teaching is what it is. And there were people that hid that there were books that talked about the Kabbalah and they said there were only 22 paths. And then later you found out they purposefully hid 32 because they weren't mentioning that the spheres were also paths too. And so when people go into Freemasonry, they're not told all this stuff. They're just given, okay, here's the ritual, here's the Bible verse, here's some of the the archetypal meanings and the stories of what these things mean, and you do the rituals so it sinks into your unconscious, and it's supposed to open up things for you. It's supposed to make you a better man. Whether you do or not, that's up to you. Now, as you kind of go through this stuff in Freemasonry, uh, the way they had it back then, 
you could enter into different sects, right? So there's no higher, and the reason why they would tell you there's no higher degree than a third degree or a master mason is because there is no other thing than the three stages of the mysteries, right? The moon, the sun, and the stars. And at the end, if you go through all their little clubs and you finally work your way up into the Rosicrucian orders or whatever, they even have a Golden Dawn order in Freemasonry. So the guys that created the Golden Dawn, this separate sect, were, were, were Masons, but um, they kind of just they wanted to reveal all of the stuff without having to do the Freemasonic thing. Let's just reveal the secrets. Even if we got to make up some damn story about we got these cipher manuscripts or whatever, right? We're going to get this knowledge out there. At least that's what I thought until you realize, oh, no, they were trying to keep it for themselves too. It wasn't until Israel Regardi and Aleister Crowley came about that things started becoming public or Dion Fortune. And these were true seekers, right? Crowley, I mean, you can say what you want about him, but he was a true seeker, right? He might Crowley be a was dark a bitch. bitch. He was a bitch. But he was a true seeker, right? Uh, Israel Regardi, same thing. Dion Fortune, same thing. So those three people, the reason why we know so much about magic and the mysteries and the reason why we have all these Wiccan orders and all this other stuff is because of the information that they released to talk about this stuff. What frustrates me is, is I think we get past the point, we get too focused on what can I manifest into my world to have a better life, whether it's money, sex, health, stuff like that. And it has nothing to do with the alchemical story of Christ. Mm. I mean, how many times have you heard people when you're on blind, they're like reading the tarot, you know, and they're like, well, you're not doing this anymore because it, it doesn't serve you. Now you're just doing what serves you. You, you got smart. Like what spiritual teacher talks about, Hey, let's just do what serves you. I mean, it doesn't even make sense. Do you know what I'm saying? Can you hear me? Because my it's saying my connection is. No, I can hear you. All right, cool. And uh, did you ever get to be a Freemason, Joe? Did you ever? Yeah. Are you still a Freemason? Not operative, technically. I, I mean, yeah, I'm always going to be a Freemason. But in Arkansas, once I saw how they treated other people. They shut down lodges because some of the they just they can they have the Grand Lodge has power to do whatever they want, right? And they shut down a lodge in Arkansas because one of the lodges had a guy there that was pagan. And it doesn't matter if you're pagan or not. They ask you when you come to be a Freemason, do you believe in a higher power? Do you believe in a creator? As long as you believe in a creator, it doesn't matter which one. Doesn't matter. So they shut a whole lodge down because one of the guys was pagan. They, they, I even think to this day, never accepted Prince Hall Masons. You would get in trouble if you were associated with Prince Hall Masons, which is pretty much like the black society of, of uh, Freemasonry because Prince Hall was the first black Mason. They are accepted everywhere, right? But not the Grand Lodge of Arkansas. So I, I was so inspired by like Manly P. Hall and Mackey and all these books that I read that I thought this is the experience that I want in Freemasonry. This is the kind of brotherhood that I want. And when I went in there, at least in Arkansas, it didn't turn out that way. And so I left. You know, I just 
I didn't even I actually to be perfectly honest with you, I didn't even tell them. I just walked out. I never came I never went back. Cuz when you get to the upper levels, that's when like when they're like, "All right, we worship Satan." <laughs> Maybe. Well, I mean, I don't think it's I, I don't think it's that. I think it's you know, cuz my uncle, my man, my uncle is a 33rd degree Scottish Rite Freemason. He's not a Satan worshiper. Like I know these guys, right? But they don't know what they're doing. That's the other they thing. You, they don't know. When I talk to him about the tree of life and what stages, you know, when you're holding your arms certain ways and, you know, how all this stuff lines up on the tree of life, he looked at me like I was crazy. And I'm like, you're a 33rd degree Freemason, though. You don't know this stuff. And it's because they don't care about it. Most of them, they honestly feel they they do it for the brotherhood and they do it because they believe it's making them a better man. That's what they believe. And I'm not saying it doesn't make you a better man. I know lots of good men that are Freemasons, but in my mind to like, to, to blanket knowledge with other allegories, we got enough allegories and symbols and stuff as it is, right? There shouldn't be any humans on the face of the earth other than the spirit or God himself putting out allegories and symbols and stuff to have you follow along the way. That's the way I look at it. And there's just too much politics and, oh, you know, who's going to be, you know, worshipful master and who's going to be this and that. And honestly, when I got into the golden dawn, it turned out to be the same thing too. You know, you were just Just pulling, you were pulling a Crowley, just going to every single order to see if they all had something to offer. Do they all yeah, have the I mean, same I, thing to offer? Like at the end of the day, is it all the same thing? We all worship no, Satan. No, the Golden Dawn has way. No, it's not <laughs> Satan worship. <laughs> like, like your whole the, the whole idea of Satan to begin with is is what our ideas of Satan are. I'm going to sound like a Satan worshiper when I say this, probably, but what our ideas of Satan are is strictly the adversary to begin with. It's an archetype. That's all it is. And each and every one of us have the devil inside of us, whether we like it or not. Ooh. And each and every one of us talk to and negotiate with the devil constantly, whether we like it or not. Whether you give in to the temptations or not, that's, that's entirely up to you. And each and every one of us have the power of the devil inside of us. It's mm-hmm. like we have godlike power, too. That's scary because, and that's, again, that's why... I love the Jungian approach to it because he was one that was also obsessed with alchemy. But the idea of confronting these energies or these archetypes within your own psyche, right? That's what he was doing. He was, he's like, yeah, I saw Satan. I met the devil and I talked to him. Right. And it's like, Mm. like, there are these darker aspects sometimes that you have to fight off. Like you're, you're waiting for oncoming traffic to pass by. And then there's that one little voice like, yo, just go. (laughs) <laughs> you know, while the cars are going, just, yeah. just go, you know, yeah. like those, that, that, is that what you mean by like, you're fighting the devil all the time? It's like this, this dark self, well, this darker aspect of the sub of the subconscious or psyche. You know what you want to just, I'm going to try to say this without sounding like an evil bastard. Um, so young believed in integrating the dark. Yes. Just like Solomon put the demons in a brass vessel. Mm-hmm. Now, when you when you 
when you talk about today, they have people that are, they use demons. I, I put the demons in the brass vessel so they'll do what I want them to do, so they'll do good. Well, whatever, that's another discussion. But let me ask you this. If you, do you have it in you to hurt somebody, Juan? Like, no. You do. No, but no, you, do if I? You, if I had you to, could. yes. If you had to, you could. Mm-hmm. Let's say someone was taking advantage of your family or do you see where I'm going with this? Mm-hmm. Or someone was taking advantage of you or you had to protect yourself. Uh, it gets It gets a bit about perspective. Now, without that fire, without that fire element, Without taming, the, without first confronting the demons in you and taming the demons and knowing that you're the master, the god of the demons and not the other way around, then you become satanic because you just give in to everything that they want all the time. But if you don't and you become the master of these things, just like Jesus told Satan, you know, get thee hence, Satan, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God, Right? When you become the master of these things, then you can use them when it's necessary. Think about a think and the earth. When you're on the earth, think about a person that's just kind and genuine and loving, and they never they're never mean, they're never angry, they're never selfish. They're just give, 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 give. What happens to those people? I mean, honestly. A lot of people feel sorry for them. A lot of people like to be around them. But are they strong enough to raise a family? Are they strong enough to lead societies? Are they strong enough to to protect anybody, even themselves? Do they get walked on emotionally and psychologically? You see what I mean? So when when we deny this dark side of us, or we just talk about light, 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 light. Let's deny the dark. We can't. This is what Young's whole teaching was about, was integration. You have to come to terms with the darkest things about you and then understand why they're there to begin with, right? Just like fire can burn a building down or it can keep you warm. But if you look... Go visit chosenone.com It's easy to remember If you just sing along Chosenone.com Go visit chosenone.com The chosen one Yes, he is the chosen one He's got his own comic And now he's got his own song Cause he's the chosen one Yes, he is the chosen one Go buy a copy at ChosenOne.com ChosenOne.com Go visit ChosenOne.com It's easy to remember If you just sing along ChosenOne.com Go visit ChosenOne.com Live a life where it's like, well, I don't want to be around fire. Fire's bad, it's icky, it's ooh, it's evil. And then a blizzard comes around, you're going to freeze to death. The, I'm probably sound like an asshole, but no, no, get what I'm saying. Yeah, I get exactly what you're saying. So, would was Crowley right in saying that thing that he said about Goetia? 
and how they are just aspects of our of our psyche and you know different aspects of the mind that and would that be well, the occulted and would that be the occulted right the esoteric when it comes to this goetic type of thing because right solomon worked in in goetia and that's where we get the keys of solomon look look what happened to both of them but there is well yes obviously look what happened but what is that the allegory of like Solomon being the most, the wisest man there was, right? And therefore he was able to interact with all these aspects of the subconscious. And you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm getting at? Like, yeah. like, like that was, that's the occulted aspect of it. Not the fact that, right. And they make us believe that there are entities like the big scary boogeyman. It's like, no, 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 no. It's like fight club. It's in you, right? Like yeah, the entire you, time. Yeah, it's all it's all in you. It's in you, and like Young talks about, it's in you and it's in the collective, right? Ooh. Which, if you if you really want to get existential about it, the only difference between you and the collective is our f- human bodies and our individuality, right? But it's all there. So if it's all there, then it's really up to you as to what you become and how you act and react to certain things. I mean, bro, I've stood in lines or or, or in traffic before and be like, man, I'm I want to punch this person in the face or whatever. Right. But it's just a thought. I don't really want to do it. Could I do it? Sure. If the guy attacked me, could I do it? Absolutely. I wouldn't hesitate, but, but do I do it? No, because my heart doesn't want my, I follow my heart. What we don't, what we, this is why there's like satanic groups and stuff. Okay. Like anytime when the satanic panic happened or, uh, you know, Robert Anton Wilson, we had all these different groups that worship Satan and things like that because they were so into this, the understanding, they understood this side of things. Like we're being denied things, you know, like Al Pacino and uh, uh, the devil's advocate. Look, but don't touch. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, but he's laughing his sick ass off, all this stuff, right? So they they gave into that, and like this is the way I'm going to be because you guys don't get it, right? So I'm going to be this way. I'm going to be the quote Satan worshiper. I'm going to be the person that does what I want to and damn the weak. And we're just going to get walked on anyways. So I'm taking this side, but they missed the entire point. The entire point was to integrate it into yourself, right? To balance yourself out. The middle path is integrating everything, the masculine, the feminine, the dark, the light, all of it to become this complex you, which is a star, which is a mini God. I mean, that's how powerful you are, right? Do you think if you're not a God that you're just going to be this light worker all the time, stuff gets created and destroyed constantly. So how can you say that you're a mini God, but you're not willing to destroy if need be? I think transformed is a better word. Things are constantly being... Right. Energy cannot be created nor destroyed. It can only be transformed. So, uh, yeah, ma- being energy's malleable, it's being turned into something else, right, constantly. And maybe do those groups that, because I've always said this, 
this is something that, that I've, I've also had people ask me about where I've always said that no matter if you take the left, the right, or the middle path, it always leads to the same thing, right? Is there, do you eventually have to cross over the abyss to get to the next level or how well, does that happen? Because, right, you, you can pick to be radical to the left and I'm not talking about politically, but radical to the left in a magical Kabbalistic sense of the of the word, I guess, or right. And then the center, you can be, you know, this balanced person or being whatever it is. But doesn't well, essentially lead you always to the to this fork in the road type of thing, dude. Or what are your thoughts on that? Well, here's my here's my thoughts on that. You and I are thinking about a lot of the, this is why I love you, dude. You and I think about a lot of the same things. Crowley, first off, let me start with this. Solomon and you talked about Crowley and Solomon and the demons and stuff. They figured out. Oh, these are, this is my dark side. I have to integrate it. I have to master it. Cool. Now I can take life by the horns. Yet they were still tempted by things and died, right? They, were still, they still didn't master themselves for some whatever reason. Now, crossing the abyss, if you pull that glyph up of that tree again, crossing the abyss means that we're no longer human. So... Or the other one, but that one's cool too. So the abyss is right below the realm of archetypes. So according to these teachings, we can become Christ-like in a human body and perfect even our astral body. But to cross into the abyss and become a god, there's a definite separation there. Now, Crowley didn't believe that, and there are there's... There's a whole stipulation about that, just like there's a stipulation about what the Philosopher's Stone actually is, too. What I believe, personally, is that as long as we're in human form, crossing the abyss is redundant. It's not... We shouldn't even worry about it. We should worry about Tifereth. We should worry about harmony. We should worry about becoming sons while we're on this earth. And then... And then enhance our consciousness enough and do enough work alchemically and in the astral realm that when our physical body dies, because make no mistake about it, your physical body is going to die, that your consciousness doesn't die the second death. You don't want to try to cross the abyss while you're in the human body. You're, you're jumping way ahead. What you want to do is work on your consciousness so when the body dies, that when you go to the abyss, you don't die the second death that you could be Christ-like, so when you come back into the earth, you already know the business. You're, you're, you're at your second stage of work. And from here on out, you're not stuck to the lead of planets. You travel through starlight, and all human bodies are are just vessels for your travel. That's all they are. You see what I'm saying? These, I think, oh, I th this is just my opinion, though, based on my studies, right? I think these people... uh just had uh, uh, an egoic hunger or desire to just keep achieving something higher and higher because they were bored, dude. Like, think about if you, it doesn't sound like you'd get bored, but think about if you're just manifesting stuff all the time, you're astral traveling all the time. It'd be freaking amazing, right? It'd be amazing. But also it'd be kind of like, think about if you, 
let's just say all you desired was, and this is a bad analogy, but sex, and you just had orgasms every day, all the time. It'd be amazing, right? No, it wouldn't be amazing because there's something more to it. And I think that was probably the biggest test that both Solomon and Crowley, I I think, failed in a sense Mm. because it's not about just you. I don't know, bro, because I'm not there. You see what I'm saying? But I think if I got there, that would be the test. And Doskalos teaches that too. Like when you get to that level, well, you're not going to die the second death anymore. You got two choices. You can go on to other realms and other places, or you can stay here. And from here on out, it's your job to help the earth. You take a guy like Crowley, I don't think he's going to do that. You know, That's like the the whole red pill or blue pill thing, right? You can either stay asleep and not remember any of this. You can take the red pill and it's going to suck, but we're going to break you out. And then you're going to have with, with new eyes to see, right? This other reality almost like this, this other dimension essentially is what it is apart from a completely separate from the one that you've learned to believe in and exist in. Right. I think that's Mm. why movies are so powerful because, and I don't know if they do it intentionally. Some people will say that they don't do it intentionally, that they don't put these truths in these movies on purpose, that they're just, you know, plots and, and storylines. And maybe if you want to, right, if the shoe fits, wear it type of thing. And maybe where you're, you make yourself believe that, you know, since it resonates with you because of the, you know, the hero with a thousand faces type of thing, that it's that they're revealing you a truth and that they're revealing you some esoteric knowledge, right? When in actuality, it's, it's the hero's journey, right? Essentially, that's what it all comes down to, right? The hero's journey, the transmutation of the actual hero himself. He starts yeah. at, the, at the beginning as this naive fool, right? Or is the fool the wisest, right? The, the fool's the wisest of them all, right? Well, the, the, the wisest thing to be is the child, the son, right? Uh, which is mm. different, which is the person that hasn't been corrupted by everyone else's fears and beliefs and is only is divine and only curious and only alive and only loving and only just like the sponge. Right. Interesting. There's a, there's another stage. So you got to think about like this, like once we pass all this stuff, the earth. So as above, so below I've I get tossed up about this and I start going nine different ways. So you got the moon, the sun and the stars, right? So you got the mother, the moon, which is in the Emerald tablet, the sun, it's the father, they have a holy child, which becomes a star, which is you, right? If you want to understand this, look at it on a microcosmic level. It's represented here in the earth, every, just like everything else. We have men and women who have children. We have uh, sperm and eggs, right? So you got all these sperms, and then you got this one egg, and then the, the sperm and the egg come together, and it creates a child, the same thing is going to happen with you and your conscious energy, right? Once you merge 
your, you could call it your dark side or your unconscious energy. Once you merge that with your solar energy, this is what the whole moon child kind of thing was, but it's once you merge those two things, you become a star child. So, and once you become a star child, if you want to look at the earth, it's just a big womb, dude, full of a bunch of little X's and Y's running around and a very slow vibratory place of cause and effect and training, learning how to be little creator gods. Right. And we just keep recycling in this little sack down here until we get strong enough to figure it out. And then we get pulled out and then we go on to the next thing. And I think even in the book of Thomas, uh, Jesus talked about that. He said, it's like a fisherman, right? He, he throws his net out and he pulls up a bunch of fish and he throws the little ones back and keeps the big fish. And that's what happens to us. We keep getting thrown back until our consciousness, until our being that two and one comes together and we become these star beings. And they're like, all right, you're ready on to the next thing. What that next thing is. I have no idea, bro. This is going to sound really silly, bro, but. You when you mentioned that sponge analogy, it made me think of SpongeBob SquarePants, how he's super naive and kind of innocent. He's yellow as well, too, right? So the color yeah. of this yeah. Sephiroth, and then you have Patrick, which is kind of like this pink color, and you have Squidward, which is kind of like this blue color. And <laughs> what if there's like some Kabbalistic SpongeBob SquarePants type of thing going on here, right? <laughs> it could be, dude. They're like, because that's a tech. That's, yeah. that's that's using the tech, Joe. That that's that because this is a sort of technology. Yeah, well, see, the exact dude, you nailed it. This is why. Okay, some people are like, "Well, sounds, I'm not a magician." Sounds crazy, bro. No, it doesn't. It doesn't because I'm using, and so are other people using hermetics and the tree of life as a as technology. They're just tools, man. Right? It's not like it's not like it's the ultimate reality, but I always challenge people to do this. I say, okay, look, I want you guys to read any books, whether it's Gareth Knight or anybody that does path workings or Dion fortunes, the mystical Kabbalah, just read those books and then go read Robert Monroe's journeys out of the body and listen to the difference between the guy that's just having all these crazy out of body experiences and experiencing all these different things and the occultist who's experiencing these different things, if the two came together, we would be just like everything, two and one. If those two, uh, I guess you could say, theories or processes came together and just put got past all of like the dogma and the fears and all the stuff and said, okay, I'm willing to use your map of consciousness in creation. Like if Robert Monroe ran into Dion Fortune, it was like, I'll try out this map of consciousness in creation. I can almost guarantee you he would be like, oh, I better understand those places that I went to out of body and what was happening to me. Now I understand this better. So it's not that you have to do this stuff. It's just a, it's a technology. You could, you just came up with another thing. You're going to have this whole SpongeBob thing going now. I know you. Yeah, bro. SpongeBob tree of life. (laughs) Yeah. I'm working on it right now, but I'm going to overlay it because Again, the I've I've the way I've heard it used, and the the one that I first saw, uh, you know, being used as a sort of tech was the cliff off, and and how essentially 
what the goal of that, I'm sure you know, the goal of that piece of tech is to become this black hole, right? To become mm-hmm. this vampire, this energy vampire. And everyone is subjected to that, those colors and that cliff off that, that, you know, upside down tree and their consciousness is processed within those the, right the i forgot what the name on the cliff is but the, the the husks i guess the shells right the shells <clears throat> yeah the shells yeah and yeah. and they're um, they're used their their consciousness is trapped in there right well here we have this this is this is what i was envisioning right? oh dude you yes there you go this is a little bit more chaos magic style you could put your own spongebob <laughs> cast system on the tree of life right yeah because again it's it's this is now wait a minute which one's more merciful out of those two at the top there patrick or squidward yeah i think patrick but patrick is like 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 an like an idiot you know he's he's dumb (laughs) he lives under a rock literally like you you know like how he's almost ignorant like you, you know you live under a rock you've never heard about that before and then spongebob he lives in a pineapple under the sea, and he's he's kind of <laughs> he's kind of dumb too. But he 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 fits that description that you said, where he is a he's literally a sponge, but he's like untainted. Yeah, he's, he's like the sun energy for sure. Yeah, it yeah. makes so much sense. And then you have here well, mercy. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't think I would call Squidward merciful. If anything, he's an asshole. All right, mm. he's like this jerk. Almost like, but he's not. In, I don't think he's much smarter than, than the two. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> but it, it's like, it's a caste system. But well, it's an archi- It's a. It is a technology, right? Because like in those spheres, you have geometric shapes. You have all the correspondences mm-hmm. too, right? So like in Gaborah, you have the the pentagram or the pentagon or the gods of war or fire or um, um, severity, uh, the thing that swings the sword. That's why when you see the justice card in the tarot, one sword's up and the other one's down, right? And the middle is the crown, right? So on the left side, you have uh, mercy. You have, like, these are the types of energies where kings and queens kind of govern things and give mercy and treat people right. And that's Jupiter energy, too. So all of these, like, correspondences when you read like Libra 777 and you want to know where to categorize all these different symbols and archetypes and all this stuff it all goes in that tree even the angels there's mm-hmm. certain angels in the realms of absolute and certain angels in Bria and all this other stuff so whether it's let's just say it's all fake right let's say it's all bullshit we've been making this up since the beginning of time okay <laughs> But the truth is, is it still works. It still works because chaos magic showed us that it works. Chaos magic basically proved to us that if we believed in something enough and we put enough egregoric energy into it, we could use it as a tool to manifest things. Well, th- speaking of chaos, man, this is chaos magic right here. What I'm doing right now. Totally. <laughs> like, a I mean, I don't, I don't know if I agree with the. I mean, the colors line up for sure. And then, like, but SpongeBob being in six would be perfect. How about this? His cool. shirt matches this color. What, what would this? You, so on that one, you would have to put the smartest person. Like, 
maybe someone that's like a, a, a reporter or someone that types a lot, uh, a teacher maybe. Sandy, right? Yeah, you could put a teacher right there. And then where, where would I'm, – bro, I'm going to develop this thing, dude. And yeah, I got, dude, do a cartoon tree of life for sure. I got people who will, like, lean into this hard. I got the right people for this. Yeah, Thomas will get all over that probably. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Mr. Crab? Because he's greedy. He's greedy. Mm, I mean, he'd be in more on the cliff Gothic side, but let's say the dark side of Netsack, number seven. The dark side That'd of this? Be the, the dark side of number seven, yeah. Interesting. I'm gonna bro, I'm gonna develop this more and I got the people for it to be able to Sandy Bro, Sandy. you can create a whole series of stuff if you really understood the Kabbalah and like all of its aspects. Um there's aspects of the soul too, which the court cards represent, like the Ruach, the Nefesh, the the Yechida and all this stuff. That's the court cards in the uh uh in the tarot. So um yeah it's all it's pretty interesting because by the way i have a whole course on t i teach all this stuff at my gumroad store fringe.fm forward slash deep void fringe.fm slash deep void deep void you teach all this stuff cool because i again i don't i don't know enough about it and that's why i have fun with it with when you know when i when my mind is when you know when i'm talking to somebody my mind is going I start to see things that maybe perhaps aren't there. And that's, you mentioned something that's really interesting because right. Chaos magic, chaos magic, the name would, would insinuate that it's scattered, right? It's chaos. It's chaotic, but chaos is organization beyond comprehension. It's so organized that you can't even wrap your mind around it. Right. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's they. I, I think one of the reasons why they called it chaos magic and why it works so much is because, well, because they can use any system, man. Yeah. They're like they don't care. <laughs> they don't care. Um, and I, you know, I've had Gordon White on the show, and I think I think chaos magic is a is a good thing, right? Like if people just don't believe in magic and they want to try it out in a harmless way. Like go go do sigil magic, man. Just try it out. How's that? It's not going to hurt you. It's not going to kill you. And then when you manifest something, you'll be like, "Oh, damn, that really does work." It like Prater Xavier did this cool thing where he put a sigil on his YouTube. I don't know if you, have you heard about this. No. Or he put a sigil on his YouTube channel, and he said, "I want you to look at the sigil. Just take it in, whatever." And then later, tell me what you saw the next day and pretty much everybody saw an orange ball the next day, whether it was a basketball or whatever, they all responded to him. It was an orange ball. Right. And it's weird. That's how it works. You could do the, you don't have to do the old school golden Dawn sigil magic where it has to correspond to a planet or an angel or something. You could just do the chaos version. There's a website that makes a sigil for you. You type in really? your intention and it right eliminates all the same letters, all the vowels, whatever it is that it does. And then it forms a sigil for you. I forget the website, but I did it one time. I never used it, but I've manifested things myself. But I think the, the thing with me is I think that I think art is magic. I think that yeah, creating totally. art, right, being a podcaster, putting things out that 
thousands of people interact with, that's got to do something on its own, right? Like you got thousands of people listening to you every week, interacting with your work. And to me, it kind of so, sort of synchronistically charges me. Like, for example, like today I did an episode with Isaac Weishaupt and I promise you, this, happened, this happened to me twice where I'll have a dream about the person or I'll be thinking about the person about doing an episode with said person. And then I'll wake up to a message from said person to do an episode. What the hell was that? You're on your path, dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I don't ha- need all this stuff, dude. You're just doing the thing, man. I had a dream of Isaac. We were on a podcast and literally the next day hits me up and I'm like, dude, this is the weirdest thing because I was literally no homo dreaming about you last night. And then you <laughs> hit me up. You know what I mean? Same thing happened with mine unveiled. I was thinking about like, oh, damn, it would be dope to, you know, because I was watching his videos. I'm like, this dude's getting awfully close to the homunculus. Awfully close. But hey, I don't know. I don't own the knowledge. Right? Anyone can talk about whatever. Wake up to a freaking DM. Hey, do you want to work on a homunculus film? I'm like, dude, there's no way. Well, doesn't that prove you? Doesn't that prove to you that Young is right? That our consciousnesses are connected. I don't know what it is, dude. That's the thing. I can't even explain what it is. And the more I look into these topics, and the more I I, I try to, but I I always reserve that little piece, that little. And and I I mean I practice what I would call mimetic magic. Like I'll make a meme. And then the meme kind of sort of gets out of hand and it turns into a whole <laughs> thing. I mean, that's magic on its own right there. That's yeah. a sort of, of any art piece really is sigils. Right. And I think that, yeah. I think yeah. that's what the alchemists were working on too. They were not only how you're saying they were, they were doing the practical alchemy in the physical reality. And then also doing the spiritual type of thing preparing themselves spiritually because paracelsus said you can't achieve the magnum opus until the practitioner himself is purified and ready right the uh, elias artista isn't going to present himself to you until you are ready or, or close to the magnum opus right yeah there's a lot of different stages to this thing man there's but they all represent the same kind of truths, you know. Um, there's a there's actually a, a tantric truth to it as well that has a lot to do with love. You know, this includes the self and you know a person or a partner that you love. Which, by the way, if it's not obvious by now that religion totally left that out, you know, there's a lot of holes that they left out that's a whole other rabbit hole, but there is an, there is a psychological aspect to it. There is a physical aspect to it, but it's all that as above, so below there's a spiritual aspect to it. And there's an energetic aspect to it too, as well, which a lot of people don't talk about, but I think is the key to unlocking this whole thing is the energetic aspect to it. Mm-hmm. And I know people are going to be like, no, nah, you're, you're talking about sex magic. And that's not, I'm talking about understanding that energy inside you, that it's not something that you, it's more than something that you're supposed to share with a million people, make you go buy a limousine or open an only fans store with <laughs> like this, this thing is a sacred 
thing inside you, just like your soul is, just like your heart is. Um, but I digress. I get a little too religious sounded when I talk about that stuff, though. No, and I think that that the answer that, and I think you and I have talked about this before, and I, and I, just, I just sent that picture on my Telegram so people can have a laugh. Join the Telegram. Link in the description. Come talk. Come talk shit with us on there and talk to like-minded people. But the the love aspect, right? Love being this indescribable feeling. Like there's no words to put it. And like how I've always told you, it's like the first, that feeling when you first looked down at your son when he was born. Yeah. For, yeah. The, for, for the very first time. For me, it was both of them. For you, obviously. And, and you continue to love them. Right? From that day on, you continue. And it's this feeling that you don't know what it is. Like, it's crazy. It's like the most, it's almost psychedelic. Where you can't really put your finger on it. And I think that's what, what it's all about. And I think that also is key when you are creating art. If you really think about oh, it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Man. You know what I'm saying? Like, if we're up, the here, best, up here talking dude, about the best it, music, you know? the best podcast, the best paintings, the best any type of art is done when someone's masculine energy puts their feminine energy into it. And I, and when I say that, guys are like, I don't know if it's, it is your feminine energy, dude. Like, if you're if you're making a song or you're doing a podcast or you're making your intro music or you're making a, a logo or a label, or you're just even bringing your idea together, or just the whole hue of what you're doing, the feel and nostalgia of your podcast is art, is magic, and is love. Even the damn Nicolas Cage stuff in the background you got there. <laughs> and you mentioned something oh. earlier about, right, so we're talking about essentially ascending right in, in a sort of way working your way through these paths and these paths can also be what the gnostics referred to as gnosis right whatever your path whatever you're not whatever sacred whatever knowledge is sacred to you and only you're gonna know that you the person whoever you are right and it makes me think of the book of enoch when enoch goes through essentially the steps and the, the initiations is what he was. He was initiated, in my opinion. Yeah, and at the sure. end, at the end, right, third Enoch that people say, "Oh, it's not, it's not canon in 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 the Enoch series, whatever." He becomes what he becomes. This Metatron, like you're saying this, the lesser Yahweh, so a god with a little G that's able to control reality and able to manifest things like this powerful being. And maybe that's why it was occulted from the canon. And maybe that's what they don't want you to know. Maybe that's oh, what they're yeah, hiding. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, the the uh, the Apocrypha itself has books in there that they don't want you to know. I don't know if it's the Wisdom of Solomon or the Song of Solomon where there's an actual book where he they tell you the names of the demons and what they govern, all of the bad things they govern and stuff. They just toss that out, right, because it – didn't go along with the canon, right? Anything that's going to show you that you don't need a preacher, a pastor, or a minister to like get closer to God or to tap into your godlike power, 
I know that sounds bad, like your godlike power. Yeah, it sounds but, pretty bad. But dude, I mean, if you're making a podcast, it's godlike power. You're just doing it in the earthly realm. You're just doing it in this reality. You could do it much faster in the astral realm, but in that <laughs> realm, things aren't physical. What's the difference? Well, I mean, apparently I've been podcasting in the astral realm, I guess, because people are reaching out. And Yeah, yeah. And I actually, I did one episode in NVR, in another dimension. I was Morpheus interviewing a frog. How many people do you know who can <laughs> say that? <laughs> I was... Morpheus interviewing a frog, a Kabbalistic esoteric frog. Too. I, I interviewed this guy that has a a virtual mystery school, bro. Are you serious? Yeah, and I've I've done a couple. I've I've attended a couple of their meetings. It's pretty cool. So it's a mystery school in VR chat, and they have this entire building set up in the in the in the shape of the tree of life right? get out of here bro i promise you you can go you can go and it's on my youtube it's episode yeah, like but we have a fringe fm vr like virtual studio but we just kind of stopped messing with it because people weren't playing around with it well i was we were in a virtual studio and then we went and he gave us a tour of like the whole school and everything and then it's laid out in the and at the very end of it I think this is episode 106. I think it's what it is. And at the very end of it, they have an entire golden dawn temple with the chalice, the oh, dagger, cool. uh, and this and the. They got the pillars and everything. They got the pillars. They got this is all on my YouTube, so you can check it out. And literally, I was Morpheus, and I was interviewing this little frog with a wand and like a like a uh, a, a robe. I think he has, <laughs> and. And he's again. He's a self-initiator. I think he. I again. I could be misspeaking, but I, I believe he does Golden Dawn, and they have like a whole library and everything in there. And you can go in there and talk to people because that's the thing about this whole magic thing. People are using technology to augment. Right? I call it technomancy, where they're using this technology to do magical things. So with all with everything said that we've talked about on this episode. And to kind of riff off of Michael Hoffman, where he talks about that the regular people nowadays, right? The the regular populace is more initiated than the actual people within secret societies. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, that there's something to be said there. We're like, what are they, are they preparing us for something that, you know what I mean? Like, are they preparing us or is it just the nature of the beast? Because I don't, I don't think that you should, because dude, I get emails on the regular of people who have joined secret circles and they regret joining those secret circles. And, and they did it because they were trying to find like hidden knowledge. Like they were trying to find this knowledge that right, everyone wants almost like, and, and people really regret it. Like I've got emails all the time. Like these people trick me. Like I regret it. <laughs> like fuck yeah. these guys, like all that, all that sort of stuff. And I and I always reply back like I'm you know I'm sorry for you but in my opinion you know everything I've read number one everything I've read I still don't know what the secrets are nor do I think I will ever know but I don't think you need to join a secret organization to 
to, they're not going to offer you anything that you can't offer yourself. But even that in itself is sort of secret society ish because you're self initiating. Yeah, I think everybody's going uh, through an initiation at this point. And the reason why I believe we've become so isolated is kind of like dissolution. There's a burning of the ego that has to take place and a longing that has to happen so deep that you realize uh, that you realize that you're, and it sounds kind of woo, but it's true that you're just one part of the whole, that that separation that's happening to you to begin with is the illusion. Right. And uh, I mean, I'm, a lot of people have said this before, but it's the truth, man. And that's how we get rid of uh, the ego. I, I Like I was reading this thing today about this lady that lived 107 years old and they asked her, you know, how do you, how did you maintain such a happy, long life? And she said, well, it's good to have dreams and goals and stuff, but stop making them everything. Stop making everything about yourself and about your dreams and your goals and kind of that hero's journey, but realize there's so many little awesome things about life that you could just enjoy, you know, right now, which is kind of the message of Christ, you know, today we're in paradise like once you get to this stage of consciousness paradise is now right now it's not when i achieve something else or when i get to this state you know it's now one of my grandmas on my mom's side she lived to be 115 in puerto rico wow can you imagine jeans bro can you imagine living to 115 bro it got to the point where she was asking Satan to take her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She got tired yeah. of living and, and her daughter is actually still alive. And she, so I think she's my, she's my mom's grandma. So whatever that is to me, but she's like 90, 95 now, I think she still yeah, drives. How positive, bro. how positive of a person is she? positive she's a sweet little old lady i think there's something to be said about that man yeah i think there's something to be said about positive kind loving people that can just be happy with some of the smallest things in life tend to just live the they're just awesome people dude mm-hmm. i mean i'm sure she's awesome i love it's tear it's making me tear up because it's making me think about my neighbor who lived that long she was the exact same way it's you crazy know? bro yeah so yeah, the, it's like the the most miserable and stressed out people, and the, they're the ones that end up croaking out the fastest, right? Yeah, because they, and like yeah. how you're saying, they want to bring everybody down with them. So it's like you attract. What what's that saying? You attract what you put out, or something like that. You get what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely, man. But, whatever, uh, whatever you put out is what you're going to get out of it. And like, for example, even content creation or any art, really you're going to get out of it what you put into it. So that's why everyone, anyone who asks me, like, oh, what should I do? Like, I, bro, research whatever you find interesting and then see what happens. And maybe have a few dreams in the astral realm and hopefully you'll manifest. That's all I'm focused on right now, dude, <laughs> is, like, just keeping the show going and then, like, trying to get out of body again and understand these stages of development a little bit more, right? Like, that's all I'm about right now. Um uh, that's all I'm really trying to do. I had a crazy out of body experience the other night where I thought I peeled myself out of body just like I used to. 
but then I saw just visions of like people that I loved like so much. I saw my son, uh, my girlfriend, I saw, uh, her son. I saw my father. I saw, they were all like crying, dude, just, and I'm like, why am I seeing this? And I remembered that before I went to sleep, I did an invocation to Gabriel. And that's what I usually do when I want to see something in my dreams. But I forgot just how powerful that stuff can be and how powerful that angelic force is. And that same day, I had a personal friend of mine call me and just pour his heart out to me about how sad he was about his life and all this other stuff. And that's when that that thing came to me about like, when I watch all these YouTube videos, it's like, oh, you dumped this person or you got rid of that person or, or you nixed this person because now you're only doing what serves you. That's the spiritual key. And I'm thinking, dude, this is, there's some kind of weird force that's in our like woo community of wokeness that's telling people to be selfish bastards, right? Like there, there's some backwards messages going on out there right now that's making us push apart like even when you read articles it's like um well if this person has these personality traits they're likely this or that <laughs> everybody i know has something messed up about them so what are we supposed to, or, or do you want us to keep isolating ourselves from each other is that what this is about so that we don't learn to love each other the good and the bad you know what i mean like none of this stuff that's going on now in the spiritual community especially the YouTube world of it and the tarot readings and all that have anything to do or even align with the teachings of like Christ and stuff. It's like all backwards, man. It's weird. I hate to, I'm not going, I'm not religious or anything. I just think it's, I think there's some weird stuff going on mm -hmm. egregorically. And yeah, you're just a piece of shit. Not just, not, not, you don't act the way you are because you're a Sagittarius or whatever. Is that, is that the same? Like yeah. you, have to, you have to take responsibility for your actions. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't keep blaming your astrological alignment on, on being a bad person or whatever it is. Um, and that also, right. I did an episode where we brought that up and that'll also, I'm sure this will trigger some people, but the, that aspect of thinking also locks you in, right? Like, Oh, I'm such a Taurus. I'm so stubborn. Like I can't change. Like, no, you can, you have free will. You can totally change can if change. you want to. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, Joe, yeah. if uh, you do, are you still doing the show four four nights a week? Yeah. So Monday nights I do a music show, um, and I'd love to have you on because I'm kind of getting involved with music now. I'm trying to bring more uh, of the artsy, feminine stuff into what I'm doing, and it, I'm having fun with it. Uh, so sometimes I'll have guests on and be like, give me, give me some songs that nobody knows that you listen to. I'm talking about something that'll embarrass you like Wilson Phillips or something. <laughs> right? So I like to do those kind of like music shows. And then Tuesday, Wednesdays and Thursdays, I do the talk show. And people can find that at fringe.fm. Fringe.fm. Yeah. You can download the app. It's easier just to go to the website. That's the safest route, but we have an app too, where you can leave shout outs and it's a pretty cool app. But if you go to fringe.fm, there's a big fat play button on there. Juan show comes on every Friday nights. We pull his latest podcast, uh, too. And it, by the way, uh, I haven't checked the votes, but at one time was voted the number one rated show on fringe FM. Cause you can vote thumbs up or thumbs down on songs and shows and stuff. 
And so I'm looking at these lines and I'm like, where am I at? Like learning the void. I'm like, Oh yeah, I got some numbers. And then there's this line, bro, that goes across the top about that much further. And it said, uh, the one-on-one podcast. I was like, you gotta be shitting me, dude. Like this dude's growing faster than I thought he would. This is the Juana nights, bro. They come in clutch. So yeah, that's my homunculus army right there. And I actually, so anyone who wants to check them out, check them out on there and I'll go on there. One of my favorite songs is the song from Moana. So we can probably, can we play that on air? The, the, yeah. I don't know the name of it, but it's like the, from the, from the, the main song from the movie. So that'll, that'll embarrass me. But I actually also made a, you got to send me the track though. Cause I have no idea what you're talking about. I'll send it to you. I also made a Google voice, which if anyone wants to call in and leave me a voicemail, it's 407-467-4606. Four seven six four six zero six, and I'll post that. Leave a voice note, voicemail, whatever, and I'm gonna start playing these on the show and see what what happens. Don't don't be farting on the voicemail or anything like that. All right, so I have a segment too. If you want to call and leave a voicemail, I have a segment, a new segment on the show called Just the Tip, and that's where <laughs> I give my tips out to people. And you can call five zero one seven 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 five six three one. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I can't Joe, wait to hear what you're going to what your listeners are going to. You got crazy listeners, dude. They're good people, though. They're good people. They are. They are a bit odd, but they're good people. I love them all, and I appreciate anyone who who tunes in. And I rem, I remember when I would get like 50 downloads, but I'd be stoked. I'd be like, oh, it's 50 people. And like now, it's way. Yeah, past I remember that. talking to you, bro, when you first <laughs> were around. I'm serious, and I knew that cut. I told my girl, I knew, I said, man, look at, I found another one. I found another, I found another Ryan Gable, you know, and, uh, you just, you just have that thing, bro. You're authentic. You, you mean, well, you're a good person. You're not fake by any means whatsoever. And you can tell that you enjoy what you do. And that's really all it, that's, that's really all that matters, man. That's, mm-hmm. that's what it takes. You're not trying to do some big time podcasting radio voice. So you sound like a, you know, like a dickhead, like a dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's just uh, you. Dude. No, again, I'm, I'm, dude, I'm just a regular guy. I'm the same person on the show as I am off the show. Anyone who, who knows me personally uh, can tell you that. And I'm here just, I'm here for, for the same reasons any, everyone else is. I'm here to figure it out and have interesting, entertaining conversations and offer things to right, offer this to people. And those who want to listen can listen. And those that don't, you know, it is what it is. And yeah, you've always been a genuine guy as well ever since I met you. And I really enjoy our conversations, Joe. So I I encourage people to check out your show, go listen, download the app. You also have an RSS feed too. You post everything on there and Mm -hmm. yeah, we'll we'll figure out a date so I can go back on. Uh, I went ahead and I posted our episode. It'll be up on the public YouTube here probably next week or something. I uploaded our episode that we did on your show posting okay. it on there and yeah dude so fringe.fm and also your classes uh, slash what deep void fringe.fm forward slash deep void i'll be putting up some uh like out of body stuff in there soon too but you know you know guided audio stuff mainly i'm just an audio freak mm-hmm. eventually i want to have one big fat audio store full of just all kinds of stuff in there awesome well bro this was fun and we'll do it again soon joe And as always, everyone, make sure to like, comment, subscribe, 
rate, review, whatever. Share the show. As always, catch you on the next one. Bye-bye.